The following subjects and topics discussed here in the De La Fit podcast should not be attempted without professional supervision or information and guidance. We do not encourage anyone to just do things without proper professional guidance and knowledge. With that being said, please enjoy the show. Salutations and proclamations. It is I, it is you, it is us, it is we. Together, we make up the digital family that is the De La Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Philly's number one son, aka the body alchemist, Sun Moon Bay, welcoming you to another podcast excursion. Happy Friday to all. I hope, hope you are doing quite well. And thank you for tuning in to the De La Fit Podcast and joining us uh, to be part of our family. Um, have an interesting show for you, have an interesting guest, uh, but before we get to that, just want to do a little conversation. So, I had to take a, I didn't have to, but I took a training. Um, for those of you who know some of what I do, I am a physical trainer. Um, I also work as a literacy and youth mentor uh, out of the one of the many uh, libraries here in the Philadelphia region. Um, and I, part of what we do is we get trained in a variety of aspects to help us facilitate the youth that we work with. Um, it is enlightening and immensely uh, enjoyable work. I like working with the youth. I feel that when you are doing things to help inspire and motivate the youth, you're doing things to help solve the problems of the future. I also feel when you invest in the youth, you're investing in your future and humanity's future, actually, quite clearly. So for me, it is um, quite rewarding to uh, do what it is I do in both scales, whether I'm doing physical training or whether I am uh, spending time working with the youth, because both to me are, are greatly rewarding. It's nothing like seeing individuals transform themselves and feel confident and feel uh, fit and feel, excuse me, um, just good about themselves. Their self-esteem soaring, you know, it's a beautiful thing. So, Part of uh, what we do uh, and how we maintain our skills is we are lucky and blessed to have uh, good supervisors as well as individuals um, who are always looking to help aid in the program. And they're always looking for individuals who can come in and train us and help sharpen our skills and our abilities to work with the youth 
So I was really uh, excited for this training, which was basically about spotting trauma in the individual Um, and purposely the goal for me is to one learn how to spot trauma in uh, a young person or a teen and to for the limited amount of time that I'm there try to help them if I can navigate around the feelings or the issue for the limited amount of time that I have and help them focus on something more positive. That's how I see it. Might not be actually uh, what it what the word reasonable, but for the limited time that I'm with them, this is what I try to do. And um I I take all these trainings greatly seriously when it when it comes to that. Some are more serious than others, but the serious ones I, I take them immensely seriously uh, because from my journey just my journey uh, to progress and become better and more proficient and learn more about myself and also to better my my own fitness um, becoming a personal trainer uh, I found out deeply how much trauma plagues us trauma is such it is almost like the air we breathe. Um, and it's unfortunate because I feel that so many of us are hit with trauma that a lot of us aren't even familiar or have the tools to know that we are living with trauma. Not only are we living with trauma, that we have went through trauma. And that some of us go through tra- trauma on a daily basis. And there's degrees of this. But, you know, I just think about certain things and certain individuals I knew um, growing up. Or certain things I've been through. Or certain situations I've seen or dealt with. And um, I'm very fortunate very fortunate that I had the type of individuals that I had in my life as parents. I'm very fortunate that I had the type of mentors uh, that I had and that, you know, just a lot. I've been just been very fortunate, um, but I've known of and known personally individuals who weren't as fortunate, you know, and um, before I get off on the tangent, I'm going to try to take myself back. And I'm, I'm just going to say that, you know, I, I'm, I'm really fortunate to be able to sit in these uh, these trainings and learn. So not going to go and, and bore you all with all the details of everything that we were learning. But I did think that there were some interesting uh, factors that we did learn uh, dealing with the training. And some of them was just um, I like how the trainer was basically telling us, like, you know, he started us uh, dealing with actualities in a sense of learning how to, learning that words have uh, a specific meaning, which I was always taught. It was something I had been taught for years is words have meanings. You know, a lot of people try to um, transmute words and change words and uh degrade words but one thing i was always taught is that words these words have meanings and these words don't come about by accident 
So one of the things he told us, he said, I want you to turn around to the people at your desk, talk to them and tell them how you're feeling, what your goal is for today and what your goal is. Um, basically, um, how, how you plan on using the tools that you are going to be using. And the one thing he said was, you can't use the words good, fine. He said, because those really don't mean anything. Now, again, I've been taught and, and do believe words have meanings. But I understood what he was saying. What he was greatly saying is that, you know, from what I understand, we can blouse things over very nicely with, I'm good. What is good? What is that? What is, how does that actually define what it is that you are feeling or acting out? So I guess in one way, you know, to be specific, I could say something like, you know, I'm feeling like I'm doing a lot of good, but he, he wanted more of the specific action. So I, I could recognize this and I thought it was cool. So, you know, we, we all turned around and we started talking and, um, I, 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 I did like how he got us down to the fact of basically focus in on the communication, be specific in your wording. And that was something I, I really appreciated because I've been known to do this myself. I've been known to say, I, I'm I. And people, people ask me like, how you feeling today? I'm like, I'm all right. Knowing I don't feel all right. Knowing I'm not good. It's just an easy way to blouse over it. And the fact of uh, the trainer actually having us do this kind of, you know, and his purpose was, he said, I want you to get down to the actual specifics, you know, discuss it. Let's, that's how you start to peel back these layers. And, um, I was very appreciative of that factor because I think that was something, a good way to start, at least for me, to begin to really focus in on feelings. And I know that's like a dreaded word, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> as like a dreaded word for some of us out there, you know, maybe some of us um, uh, men out there. You know, but there was, it, it was really good because what I'm learning and I continuously would like to think is that, you know, as I continue to learn that communication is something that you must practice. You have to practice it. And it's funny because, you know, we spend so much time talking about, oh, yeah, need, need, need to communicate, need to communicate. Communication it involves so much. It involves so much, um, at least from my point of view, because it's easy to say you're communicating and you're talking like I'm talking now. You know, I'm talking and people are listening. It's easy to do that. It's hard to truly at times really listen. And. I know for me, it's hard to truly listen because of certain situations I've been in, you know, and I know that depends on what the person is saying, what I truly hear, 
which was something else that the trainer talked about. He was like, you know, it's important to really, and I'm going to use my own words, it's really important to practice, and here's the key word, mindfulness. What did I say earlier in the previous podcast? The words for 2019 would be, which is is mindfulness and progression. And it keeps coming up. So I know this is the right path because... You know, the trainer is like really talking about, he says it's important to keep my, and be mindful, focus, really understand. Because if not, even while you're in the process of trying to help a person to get to a better place, you know, help a person who has is dealing with a trauma, get to a better place that can take you to a place, you know. And he, he made a statement and I had to laugh because he was saying, you know, he said, just like you might have that teenager that comes in or that child that comes in and says something to you that hits you right in that spot. And they don't know it, you know, at first, but it hits you right in that spot and it takes you back to a trauma that you had. You have to focus. You have to really understand and you have to really be mindful of what's going on. And then be able to calm yourself down to focus. And um, I just I thought it was I thought it was perfect. I thought that was um, a perfect. Just a perfect moment because I was like, wow, everything I've been dealing with in the last few months of 2018 all the way up to 2019 into 2019 is going in that direction of mindfulness and it's so important i say this every episode that we have talked about mindfulness it is important you know and i i i think it's a blessing that i'm being reminded by this because it's kind of for me re-cementing or reinforcing excuse me what is so important about it because I remember it's funny I, just like I said you know he was as I was talking before and he's making the statement about you know a child or a teen can make a statement to send you back to a trauma that took place the day before this training uh, a young <laughs> a young girl she said to me um and we, it was funny. We were just kind of talking. But she was like, I was asking her what she wanted to be as she gets older. And she was like, I don't know. I want to be either a fashion designer or a singer. I said, oh, man, that's awesome. So as we're having this conversation, uh, she said, what did you want to be? I said, well, I'm actually doing what I wanted to, you know, kind of what I wanted to be. You know, I'm, I'm helping people and things like that. And she said, Something to the effect she was just like, yeah, but you're not famous. So, you know, be playing and, you know, having conversations. I said, how do you know I'm not famous? And then she said, because you're too old to be famous. You can't be famous after a certain age. And I knew she was joking. I knew she was playing with me. But the fact that she made that statement, it sent me back to a painful place in my life. And the the painful place was that I had somebody I greatly loved say to me at one point, and I probably have shared this. I don't know if I have or not, but I never forget. I had somebody I greatly was in love with tell me that they thought I was too old for potential. 
And I'll never forget how painful that was. You know, because uh, one thing I will share about me is that growing up, uh, I grew up very differently uh, in North Philly. I've come from a different culture. You know, I am a young man who is Moorish. For those that I am of Moroccan descent, born in the United States, um, uh, grew up Muslim. Um, Diet wise, I've always been pest, came from a pescatarian family, uh, ended up being vegan. My name is Sun Moon. I've had a lot of differences about me, things like that. Just tell you, like, you know. At first glance, I could probably blend into my neighborhood. And then when people really got to know me, they were like, who is this weirdo? But um, the thing of it was, was that um, everything I really wanted to do, I always had individuals outside of my family, outside of my immediate family, always tell me that I was, it was impossible for me to do it. And that used to always burn me up. Um, I don't know. Some of you out there might listen to hip hop music. But uh, the Fresh Prince had on one of his songs. I think it was Brand New Funk. He said, I really, 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 really hate when people doubt on my ability. And I'm forced to prove my superiority. Um, While I don't feel superior... That has always been something that I was plagued with. And it always bothered me that somebody felt that they could look at me and say what I was supposed to be. That even right now talking about it, it fills me with a sense of aggression and disgust. You know, how dare you? And then to have somebody who I was in a deep relationship with, um, a young woman I wanted to marry, tell me, you know, that, hey, you know, I think you're just too old for potential. That was one of the most hurtful things I had heard from somebody who loved, said they loved me um, at that time. Uh, the positives of it was that it helped to partially be a motivator. Or I won't say a motivator and inspiration to continue to progress, to push and to really dwell, excuse me, dig into myself, you know, not retreat, but really look inside. So as I did that, you know, um. It did inspire me, but it was funny. I'm like, now here's this little girl who I obviously know is playing. But the moment she made that statement, you know, you're too old for this. It was like I heard it again. And I think it's really it's just those feelings I have for when people would tell me I couldn't. You know, you're not intelligent enough. You can't do this. And I used to, it it drives me, like I said, and I don't know if you could tell, but right now, like just the thought of it drives me. Somebody daring me that I can't, you know, and it's, it's just one of those feelings. So 
it, it's an it's a feeling of that makes me feel as though you know I don't I don't know how to feel it. It just makes me feel like no, I have to. I'm going to prove you wrong. It's like it's like being a rocket. It's like oh really? Okay, watch this. Watch me break everything apart and succeed. <clears throat> and with that being said, um, to go back to tie this all together uh, to what the instructor of the uh, uh, workshop was saying, basically it connected. And I was like, wow, you're right. You know, you have to be mindful at all times, not just when you're dealing with children or teens. You have to be mindful when you're dealing with human beings because trauma, in a sense, I feel, at least in this Western world that we live in, this world we live in at this moment, trauma is like air. It's all around and you don't know who and how a person is affected. You don't know what words will trigger a person. So the best thing you can be is mindful and be also genuine and sincere. And try to communicate as best as possible. You know, so I just wanted to share that tidbit with everybody. Uh, Going a little bit past my intro that I like to do. But hey, that's all right. You know, the Day Life Fit Podcast, we're all about one thing, the each one teach one, and the um, <laughs> the each one teach one, and the village, which is, you know, it takes a village to raise a child, and I always said, we, you, me, we're somebody's child, you know, which makes us all potentially brothers and sisters. So, <clears throat> to get into this, I've got a great guest who's going to talk about some amazing things that he's doing. Uh, some awesome uh, rebel building, uh, kicking, punching through walls when it comes into the convention, conventionalities of what you're supposed to do as far as uh, fitness. You know, so this is going to be great. I'm going to be talking to Scott Stansville. Uh, and let me tell you something. Uh, I feel like I've found almost similar, a kindred spirit in Scott. Every time we've talked, (laughs) we always go over uh, a time limit. But I think that this is going to be just a great episode. Um, And I can't wait for him to come and talk and share some of his information, some of his adventures of um, who he is, how he started his fitness journey, and just some of the things he's learned for himself. So we're going to get right into that. I'm going to get off of this, get ready to get into the interview. As always, you're here, you're home, kick your feet up, grab the biscuits, grab some tea, grab some coffee, grab some hot cocoa, you know, whatever it is that's going to make you comfortable. Hey, if you just got into the Uber, you know, hey, say what's up to the driver. Sit back, relax, you know, hey, or maybe you're at home. Maybe you're at work sneaking this and your boss is over there looking at you and you don't want to get caught. Whatever it is, 
I hope that you enjoy this podcast and remember 100% your home with the De La Fit Podcast. Let's go. Let's do it. You're now tuned into the De La Fit Podcast. Delafit Podcast is now available on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Hey, you, with the earbuds in their ear, have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? When I was trying to get my podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors too, so you can get paid to podcast. I like to upload my episodes directly to the app and then promote. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. It's time for another podcast excursion. Join us. We are the Della Fit Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Della Fit Podcast. I have a special guest with me. All right. I have Mr. Scott Stansfield. My, did I pronounce your last name correctly, sir? Stansfield, S-T-A-N-F-I-E-L-D. All right. How you doing today, Scott? I'm, is it all right if I just call you Scott? Yeah, absolutely. All oh right. All right. So uh, as we were talking prior before we actually started recording, Scott, you have an interesting bio. And in my uh, experience, every time I see somebody with a, a very unique, outstanding um, bio, I know the interview is going to be amazing so i threw out everything i threw out all the standardized questions you know how we're going to do it and i said we're just going to have a fitness bro conversation all right and we're going to start out i want you to tell the individuals out there let's about how you began your fitness journey well before i get there i just want to say thank you for having me on it's such an honor uh, i have so much gratitude for being here and being able to share my journey um with you but let me, it started 15 years ago. Um, my dad, age 55, got prostate cancer, and it floored me. I was 31 years old, and, uh, you know, it was like, wow. His dad, my grandfather, mm-hmm. got cancer um, and passed away at the age of 62. Um, now, back up, my dad just turned 70 back on Labor Day weekend, so we celebrated that. I actually drove cross-country, cross the whole family we did, wow. to celebrate his birthday. Um, three years after that, my mom got cancer, uh, uterine cancer. Both of them had to go through chemo. Both of them had to have the cancer cut out. So at age 55, uh, about both, both of mid-50s, my parents had surgery for cancer. Now, um, at all at the same time this is happening, my um, my uncle, so my uh, by marriage, so my 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 dad's sister's husband got cancer within the same month as my dad, but they didn't get it all. He was 60 and a couple months old when he passed away, and that was about 14 years, uh, about 10, 12 years ago. Wow, that, that happened. So he had got contracted cancer at the same time as my dad went through the same chemo, had surgery, but then passed away. 
And my dad's two best friends both got cancer. One was prostate, one was uh, colon cancer, and they both passed away. Jeez. And here I am. I'm 40 pounds overweight. I'm eating the same thing as they are, but I'm and I'm like going, this is not just genetic. This is lifestyle. Now I'm from South Carolina. Okay. You know, so right, it's right. not like a born born raised in Columbia, South Carolina. So it's not like this is a picture of health. The vegetables are like cooked to death and bacon fat, and you know, there's all this other stuff that's going on. And like it, it's it's not like the picture of like the healthiest diet on the planet. You know, the standard southern version of the standard American diet. And I was like, I, I, I look at it and I said this, I can control what I put in my body. I can control what I put on my body. I can control the air I breathe. So let's start there because it's not just genetics. Right. Now, down the road, probably 10 years, 10 years later, I mentioned something about genetics, you know, like it's in my genetics. Mm-hmm. And the company I was working for at the time, the CEO, I mentioned it to him, and he said, it's not genetic, it's ge- genetic expression. And he sent me a video on YouTube by Bruce Lipton. And what Bruce Lipton, I watched his video, it was really cool, because what happens is, is that you can take the same stem cells and put them in two different environments, and one of them will grow healthy, and the other one will grow cancer. Right? Wow. So it's, wow. It's okay. not, it's not, so it's not about the genetics that you've been given, the DNA. It's about the environment you put them in. So think about you know, like me, I'm speaking like regionally and culturally, the diet of how, and so everybody in that, most everybody is eating the same thing, the same pulled pork, the same green beans, the same grits for breakfast, the same beer, steak for dinner, burgers, all these different things, right? Right, They're right. all those same things. So that area has a very specific genetic expression, right? It right. also, hereditary diseases are because you learn how to eat and live and handle stress and how you make your money, how hard you work, your work ethic. You learn that from your family, passed down generation after generation after generation. So you're actually causing the, gen- the genes in your own body to be th- – th- that's what's wow. being passed down. That's what's being right. passed down, right? So I have, have not lived in South Carolina for 16 years, and that's allowed me to realize that I can – change the environment in which my genes are and express them in a different way. So that's what started for me. So I was a vegetarian, pescatarian, vegetarian for 10 years. I married a New Yorker, and she was, was that way for 35 years, so um, vegetarian. Right. Kind of like the kind of like the Pulp Fishing quote, right? <laughs> I'm not a vegetarian, but my girlfriend is, so it right. kind of makes me one. Right, <laughs> that's what happened. So here you got a, you got a, you know, a guy that's born and raised in South Carolina, son of a truck driver, my is mom. My mom's a lunch lady for was a lunch lady for 28 years, and now I'm a New York married to a New Yorker, and I'm married, and I'm a vegetarian. I just got my redneck card revoked. Right? <laughs> 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 that's that's what happened, right? Right. And then so um, and that was the first place I started was like in my diet. But then what I realized is that it was a progression. Mm-hmm. So you know you think I'm 15 years down this road and. You know, I'm intermittent fasting, I'm ketogenic, I'm like organic and clean eating, grass-fed beef, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And people are just like struggling to like, to you know, to to, to, to actually like go low carb for like a week, right? Without right. having a cheat day, without having a cheat day. So I have a lot of empathy and understanding for where they are because that's where I was 15 years ago. So I was 
Um, so making these changes, the habitual changes in how you eat and your live, and those things are, are some tough, tough, tough roads to hoe in, in, in a way. So, um, so anyway, as, as I was, you know, going down this road vegetarian for 10 years, I actually started migrating to being what I classify as almost vegan. Right. And I literally started bonking. You would not believe it did not work for me at all. And I can I can actually believe that just to let you know I'm yeah. vegan and yeah that's a popular myth a lot of people think they're gonna drop weight I actually picked up ten extra pounds <laughs> so a lot uh, of people well, don't know that it, well here's the thing right in this process over the last fifteen I started out the process forty pounds overweight I mm-hmm. lost it I do it P90X okay um, this was about about eleven years ago I lost all I got down. I'm five, about 5'10", and I got down to 157 pounds by doing P90X. Okay. I was, I, it worked. It completely worked. Mm-hmm. P90X is nine hours a week. How can right. you be a director of food and beverage, have two kids, a wife, uh, and commute to work, right? And right. Still have nine, and still have nine hours a week to devote to, to working out. That's not good balance. That's a 90-day sprint to transform your body. Right. So I had... So what happened was when I stopped doing P90X, I slowly gained the weight back. And I gained, so here I am, vegetarian. I'm a 40-pound, overweight, fat vegetarian. Right, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm a firm believer it's easier to be an unhealthy vegetarian than it is to be an unhealthy meat eater because you, you're struggling with getting the right macronutrient mix, which we call those macronutrients. I think they're more micronutrients, and we can get into that later, what I think about you know, what my term is, what I classify myself as a modern longevitarian um, and how I got into that. But I think, I think food is, food is a macronutrient, but carbs, protein, and fat are micronutrients. But we'll get to that later if you want to ask me about that. But, but, but my point being is that I'm 40 pounds overweight and here I am working in a hospital. I'm a director of food and beverage and I've been in the food industry now for 25 years. I'm 46 years old. And I've never felt better in my life other than maybe when I was like 12, right? When you could, you know, when you could drink motor oil, you know, sleep on concrete, get up and not be sore the next day. You know? Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. But as an adult, I feel the best I ever have. And it's just absolutely amazing to keep crushing it on this level and watching people my age kind of like trying to like downshift into their later years. And I'm like going, hey, this is just, this is prime time, babe. Let's just keep moving. You know? Right. Right. Keep going. Yeah. And uh, because, um, I, you know, there was the old saying, you know, the only hinges that grow rust are the ones you don't, the doors you don't open, right? So That's you true. Keep everything moving so it won't, there won't be rust on the, on the hinges, right? That's but true. anyway, so I'm working at a hospital. I'm a director of food and beverage. Um, and I got two dietitians that report to me. And they're, of course, you know, sticking to what the Dietetic Association has. And, um, I, I was turning 40. I was 39. I'm like, well, my insurance has this well visit, so let me, so let me uh, go to the doctor, get a checkup. And so I go to the doctor, get a checkup, and I'm thinking this is going. I'm just going to crush it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go to a little, I'm going to go to a little weight. My scale at home says I'm about 183. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbeknownst to me, the scale of the doctor was, was calibrated, and it said I weighed 201 pounds, and I'm five, just about 510. Wow. Wow. And wow. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So just remember, I was at 157 after doing P90X at 35, and at 39 and almost 40, I'm 201. Mm. 
Okay. And I'm a veg- I'm a vegetarian, so now I'm confused. Right. Right. right of course. So somebody has sent me uh, uh, an email with uh, this diet book. It's a PDF. It's sort of like totally illegal, right? Mm-hmm. So I probably need to go buy, buy one just so I can be legit because I'm going to tell you which one it is. Okay. It's the Warrior Diet. Oh, the Warrior Diet. Okay. And this is this is like the grandfather to intermittent fasting, really. Mm. All right. And it basically is a 20-hour underfeeding phase with a four-hour overfeeding phase, and it mimics what was supposed to be the story is of this like Roman Greco style where they would like pack up their gear and they would walk all day long and they would under eat and then it would get to camp and then they would build a big feast and they ate one meal a day. Right. And now here, now here I had already started doing P90X again and I lost about 10 pounds over like the first month, right? Which is not bad. Mm-hmm. Right. But the first week I started intermittent fasting, I lost seven pounds. Mm. Okay. So right. I lost the last 30 pounds by doing less workout and and controlling my diet by, by intermittent fasting. So what you're doing is you're going into ketosis for a little bit every day. You're at a calorie deficit that part of the day, mm-hmm. right? But then you're, then you're replenishing it and you're eating one time. So the eating protocol with this is start with your raw vegetables and uh, raw vegetables like salad, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have cooked meats and vegetables and carbs only if you need them. So you're almost you're playing with this you know, getting in the ketosis every day somewhere like midday and mid-afternoon before you have dinner somewhere at that, that night. And so that's what you're doing. That's how you how that really works with this 20-hour fasting phase and this, you know, and this was six years ago. I, I, so I'm like the godfather of intermittent fasting for everybody I run across. Like now you look at people on Instagram and all these other things, and they've been intermittent fasting since August, and they feel like they're like found this new thing. And I'm like, I've been doing it for six years. Right, right. You know? Yeah. And it's been like the single key that's been able to help me, you know, really maintain uh, a, a good weight and energy levels and, and in, in a, in a, in a, because my, my schedule changes. Like, some days I work breakfast, some days I close the bar, some days I work mids, you know, sometimes I work six or seven days a week, right. you know, and, and it's like, so my eating schedule was relatively the same, and the only thing that changes is when I get out of bed and when I get up and all those things, and I'm able to maintain my energy, and I don't get sick near as much as I used to. I get sick like once a time a year now versus like six or seven times a year. It's just absolutely amazing. So intermittent fasting was six years ago. was a huge thing for me, but we, I also was at the time still kind of like in this vegetarian phase and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, my wife stumbled across this, across this book about um, cured tooth, uh, tooth decay. Okay. Um, and you can actually heal your teeth. We've actually healed one of my daughter or some of my daughter's cavities, right? So my daughter was four years old at the time, mm-hmm. and they want, the, the doctor wanted to put her under, like like give her anesthesia okay. for my four-year-old to put uh, to a root canal on her baby tooth, right? Right. Why would a baby tooth? Why would you do on a baby tooth, right? You're gonna pull that out anyway, right? Exactly. So, right. So, my wife found this book about curing tooth decay, and it's called. It's based off the Weston A. Price diet. Weston A. Price was a researcher uh, for the Westbound American Dental Association back in the 20s and 30s, and uh, did some amazing research where he was traveling traveling around the world looking at like aboriginal tribes and what their diets were or 
and comparing like gener- like same generation like brothers and sisters that like one was day in the village in Switzerland eating a traditional diet with like grass fed butter from fast growing you know grass you know off the snowmelt mm-hmm. but yeah the brother went to brother went to the big city and was eating like flour and modern diet like we eat now right. and the, the the brother that stayed in the village had no dental caries and the one that went to the big city was had cavities all over all over the place Wow. Right, right, or even, right. Or even, or even that there was this one town in uh, like McKinley, Texas, mm-hmm. that everybody in town drank raw milk from this one farm, and there was no nobody in the whole town had ca- had a cavity at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So okay. we started at, we started adding healthy, clean meats back to our our diet at that point. So even now, my my wife and daughter have are, are kind of they're really big animal lovers, and their last six months have kind of migrated over more to being a little bit more vegetarian. Okay, but um. My my daughter will still eat some really cool criminelli prosciutto um, uh, without you knowing about it, right? So she's still like a she still loves loves eating meat every now and now and again. But but my point is that we added meat back to our diet, and we found that it's been a lot easier for us to maintain our weight and to be healthier uh, in in that way. And then um, so here's the, the, the another kind of two pieces of the puzzle, and then you can ask me any questions at, at this point. But okay. about three three years ago this month. I was um, I was working. It was really late. It was like, and I was at the time I was in Park City, Utah, and it was like um, like Sundance weekend or something. I was really busy, and I was like running a hot bath and like Epsom salt bath because I was really sore. And uh, and uh, I was like, I want to listen to a podcast. And I was listening to Tim Ferriss at the time, but it's like all this stuff is so long. I won't be up for two hours. I don't want to listen to this. So I scrolled through and I found. One that was like 54 minutes long, and it was Wim Hof the Iceman. I had no idea what this was. Mm-hmm. Now, here I am. I live at 7,000 feet, 150 inches snow a year, and I'm taking a hot bath, and I'm going to listen to a podcast about the Iceman. Right. <laughs> from, that, from that moment on, I've been a disciple of Wim Hof. So I'm a big practitioner of you know, breathing exercises, cold showers, cold exposure. I hike with like no shirt on, wearing shorts, a shovel in my driveway, snow blow, wearing shorts and no shirt or t-shirt if it's like, you know, like in the, you know, like single digits or something like that, you know. Um, and uh, so that I started doing this cold exposure stuff three years ago. And now here I, I'm intermittent fasting, been able to maintain my weight for three years. Um, and I had also just about in November, the prior to that, so just about two or three months before that, listened to the Dom uh, D'Anastigo, Dr. Dom D'Anastigo, like the godfather of the keto is what he's being called now, mm-hmm. um, even, though that, even though that should be Dr. Stephen Finney because Dr. Stephen Finney tried to prove Dr. Atkins wrong 40 years ago and actually proved himself wrong. And now it's like – and he and Jeff Bolger have written like the art and science of low-carb living, the art and science of low-carb um, like athletes and things like that. And those guys, really, Dr. Stephen Finney, if you look up any of his YouTube on video, will really explain like a well-formulated ketogenic diet versus like what you're seeing now because there's people who are going like carnivore keto and clean keto, dirty keto, all these different things. Right. But if you look at somebody who's really like studied the history of it, it can help you with like what a well-formulated ketogenic diet is and what modified you know, nutrients are, what we call macronutrients, fat, carbs, and proteins are um, and how that works. So I really look to like more like even sitting uh, than I do to what I see on Instagram and, and, and those things these days. But but my point being is that I started doing cold exposure. And as you can, like if you think of people who live in cold environments, they just eat heavy fat diets. 
I'm going to get some lunch one day, and I'm standing at the pantry line um, at the restaurant. And I'm like, normally get a salad. And I'm like, I really don't want a salad. I mean, that salmon's looking really good over there. And then I realized standing right there, I said, I'm craving fat. So I need to eat fat because I'm craving it because I'm exposing myself to cold, so I'm burning more calories. Right, And then right. I said, and, and I'm like, well, if I, no matter if this is like wild-caught or sustainably farmed salmon, if I eat that and I put like whatever salt on it that I want to eat, avocado, all these, but I still eat sugar, no matter how clean my ingredients are, I'm still mimicking the nutrient mix of the standard American diet, and I'm going to gain weight. Mm, mm. And, and my first rule is because I've been fat twice is don't get fat don't be fat right right so I immediately knew right there standing right there in that kitchen that I had to try a ketogenic and like legitimately like really really do it right right not just for not just for two weeks not just to like cut out bread for two weeks and I go gluten free I really had to do it and I'll be honest with you it's been one of the most high-performance things I've ever done for myself. I absolutely love keto, and when you and it helps me fast easier because your body will go. If you're not going to feed me, I'll just start taking fat. I'll start taking fuel from your body, and so I'm not hungry anymore. Um, I can fast for three days if I want to. I can fast until all you know, whatever. I can do. It makes gives me more flexibility to be able to eat when I want to eat what I want to. Um, and I mean, of course I'm not eating breads and all these other things, you know, like, right. you know, you know, but, you know, but it, I can eat as much as I want to. And I, I, then I have to like, then I can pass again the next day and I'm fine. And right. it absolutely, it absolutely works. And, um, and so, so that's, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. It's like, I'm, um, um, you know, with diet wise, right. Is I'm uh, intermittent fasting, ketogenic really strict keto um there's been times that i've tested things over the last three years where i've had not been keto i tested tim ferris's slow carb diet and had cheat days but i'm a black i'm everything black and white you know keto i'm not i'm not gonna like you know like okay i'm keto for six days and then i'm gonna have a quesadilla or pizza or you know some sort of like you know you know you know french toast with maple syrup right that's not that's not keto that's not <laughs> Keto, keto is a freaking lifestyle, it's a, you know, and it, it, it's, you know, it's, it, it, that's, that's the way I see it, you know, and so I, that, but here's the thing, it may not work for everybody, I'm not sitting here saying anybody has to do what I do. Right, of course. This is, this is <laughs> N equals one, this is an experiment one, you're vegetarian, and that works for you, then just, then run it. Exactly. And that's what I say, run it. Don't do what I do. I'm just telling you what I do. I have to. I have to ask you a question because I was. I was listening to everything you're saying, and the thing of it is, is that I feel like I've went through a lot of the same um, tests on myself. So I gotta share this with you. I have to share this with you. So for about two months, it's actually a month uh, strictly, starting last month. All right. Um, I have been intermittent fasting. Okay. I started out. Last the month prior to that, uh, doing it where I was only not eating breakfast. And the only reason I started was because the fact of <clears throat> every time I go to do my work, morning workouts, I would get cramps, you know, in my stomach. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not gonna do it. 
I'm just not going to do it. I'm drink some water, you know, and then I'll go out and I'll work out and I'll be fine. And after that workout, I'll eat. Well, I'm a big believer in doing what your your spirit tells you to do. You know, when you I, I often call that voice from the creator, the divine Wi-Fi. But that's just how I, I clarify it. So I decided, I said, you know what? This one particular day, instead of just getting um, some food after the workout, that I was going to just not eat until dinner time. And I did that a whole month. And I PR'd in my bench press. Now, for me, I've been bench pressing for a long time, and I've never, ever hit the numbers that I've hit now. I actually hit 310 pounds bench press, clean. All right? That's impressive. Doing flat out one meal a day for a month. Yep. And and I tested mm-hmm. it. I had to test because I had to test it because I was doing this program. And I like I said, the prior, the month before, it was kind of like, eh, I'm just not eating breakfast. Excuse me. But something was like, you have to test this theory. You have to test it and see what takes place. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And the freedom that has come about from that is amazing. Now, just like you're saying, now I'm vegan. Every, every, you know, everything is different for everybody. It's individualistic. But the other thing that I I can identify with what you're doing is the uh, cold exposure. So after every time I train, after that, I always take a very cold, no heat, just straight out cold. All right. Like I, I experiment with this for like two to three years every day, just straight. No heat, no nothing, all right? And I've been noticing also the change in my body as well as that, you know? And it's fascinating how these things affect your body and help you, one, boost your immune system, all right? But the other thing about it is the fact of um, what I'm coming to, and I'm going to quickly ask you this. The other thing about it is how you quickly start to break down the wall of what you're told to do versus not to do, which is what I'm going to get to for you. How is that? You know, because we're told all the time, oh, this is the diet. This is what you're supposed to do. Oh, you want to gain muscle, do this. How did it feel to you once, you know, and what you've done with yourself and your family, um, discovering that, that it's not all that we've been taught it is in conventional society? Well, first of all, let me say amen, brother. I mean, I that's you're you're right there. I, I we're doing the same thing, but and and we didn't even, you know, that's not why we we're doing this podcast. But right, um, yeah, I I totally get it. You know, totally get where you're at, and I'm it's, what you're doing is impressive. So let me tell you, it, it's it's a wild thing, right? Mm-hmm. Not only not only do we get what society says to us, like. You got to put your coat on to get when you go outside. Right. right? Or don't go outside with your hair wet because you're going to get sick. Right. right? Or <laughs> grandma always says, don't go outside. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't. It's all these don'ts, 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 don'ts. Right. One of the reasons when I started doing Wim Hof, I was like, you know what? At the time, my son's 13 and my daughter was uh, about eight uh, at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this just to show them that anything's freaking possible. Exactly. Right. Right exactly. now, here's the thing: we all, 98% of us, need a Roger Bannister. You know who Roger Bannister is—the four-minute mile guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so he was the first person at the time, that, and that this story has been told over and over and over again, at the time, the prevailing thought was if, if, if anybody ran a mile in less than four minutes, that, that the human heart would explode. Okay? I remember that. I remember right. him. <laughs> right. Right. So, so, so he did it, and in the next year, 32 other people did it. Right. <laughs> right. 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 So you know who 98% of us, including me, needed was Wim freaking Hoff. Right. Right. We needed him to go to Everest at 17,000 feet in shorts, no shirt, and crampons. We needed him to do that Kilimanjaro. We need him to sit in an ice bath for an hour and 53 minutes. Mm-hmm. We need him to do that to show him that. We can start a shower a little bit at warm and then go cold, and we can go, we're not going to freaking die. Die. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and if it's snowing outside and you're 7,000 feet, that you can wear the same clothes that you wear during the summer, and you're not going to die from the front door of the house to the car. Exactly. 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 Okay? Yes. So, so, and I'll get to the answer to your question about how take your time, I take your time. All those things, right? <laughs> but I, I, I'm up on my, I'm up on the soapbox right now. But, but let me. So here's the thing, right? Not only did, did we need permission from Wim Hof or Roger Bannister, but we need permission to skip a meal because we've been told our whole life by everybody that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. That's right. So let me That's ask right. you this: Why does every now I'm in the food business? I have this question. Why is the only meat you can have for breakfast pork? You can have ham, you can have ham, bacon, sausage, and they're all pork. <laughs> that that one I can't it's, answer. That one is, well, I can answer for you. I can answer for you. The Pork Association did marketing, and they have programmed us that when you have breakfast, that you have to have protein, and it has to be pork. And breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Mm. It's all about making money. Mm. It's not about anybody being healthy. Mm. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, so, that's hey. I have to. Mm, mm. What did you say? You're in your soapbox, preach. <laughs> so here's the thing. So how do I feel about this? I'm working breakfast, okay, and I see people come in and they're freaking out because it takes more than seven minutes to get pancakes. Right. Right. And I'm like going, I haven't eaten since 7 o'clock last night, and I'm not planning to eat until 4 o'clock today. I'm like, you know, it's like I'm looking at it, and I'm like going, okay, I understand where you're at. You want your pancakes. Let me go check and see where they are. And I go do that. But in my mind, I'm like, going, dude, all you need is a little bit of, like, understanding about you do not have to have pancakes delivered in the first six minutes that you sit down with the maple syrup. Just exactly. so you, but, he's, but he's a carb burner reliant and addicted to carbs, and I understand why he's where he is. Right. I understand you know, physiology, the physiology of where he is and mentally where he is because he has to eat because if he doesn't, he's going to crash. I understand that on that level. And I have empathy for that and I respect that. And as a professional, I'm going to do everything I can to make that customer happy. Right. 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 But I also I understand that there's another whole side of this that can make him feel like freaking Superman, but he's not willing to go there. Exactly. Right? exactly. He's not willing to go there. Okay. So, I was hiking the other day on my day off. I went on this hike. It's 33 degrees. I, you know, I've been doing this, you know, cold exposure for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't care. Anybody thinks I'm, I'm going no shirt on, and I'm hiking. And I walk past this family, and they all in full freaking ski gear, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you should have heard the comments, right? Right. So, so the thing is, is that people, and literally, people stop me and they're like, "What are you doing? Are you okay? Or you, you all, you're trying to show off?" I'm like, "No, this is what I do. 
but there's, you should look up this guy named Wim Hof. And so this is who I follow. I have his app. Here's his app on the phone. I'm explaining to people. And I'm, so I'm kind of like a disciple, kind of bringing people into it. But I look at how mentally limited people are because they're mm-hmm. not they're not willing to, to take a step or it's not even aware of them or they have no inc- inclination to even try. Right. right? right. So I have, I have empathy for people because I understand where they're at. But I also would love to expose people to this um, so they can feel better. And that's why that that's why I'm here. I'll be honest with you. That's why I'm here. Good Stan, so. uh, uh, oh, man. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> this, <laughs> I'm laughing because I could just see their faces as you're walking by them. Because I, <laughs> I know what's in their head. Cause, and the reason I know it is just because the same I, – I, I just talked to one of my mentors. Because and I had to call him. Like the minute I PR um, in the bench press, I I was just sitting there and I was looking at all these guys. And and when I say this to all the listeners out there, not we're not bragging. This is not about bragging. This is not about oh our diet's better or this is that. It's, it's not that. It's the fact of when you start to see that what you have been told is not the absolute quote-unquote gospel. Now, there is always an exception to every rule. Everybody is in the, is individuals, but the fact of it is is that just like you're walking past that family and they're looking at you, and I know it was in their mind like, this guy, he's probably, yeah, come back over here, sweetie. It's just like you're doing that. I'm I'm looking at guys who are in the gym working out, and I'm, I see the shakes. You know what I mean? I see the shakes with the protein and this and that. And I'm like, just like you, I'm like, now, I haven't eaten since 12 o'clock and I won't eat till six. I've just been drinking water. You know, I'll have maybe one cup of coffee. One. You know what I mean? If I felt like a dead day. So, and I'm looking at, I'm like, wow, you know, I'm looking at these guys. I'm like, they have no idea that I haven't eaten. They have no idea that I'm not going to eat after this. And, you, and you're right. It's, 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 it's this, how do I put it? It's this, um, it's almost like the matrix. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa, okay. So now I can build muscle without actually go. I don't have to break the bank. I don't have to break the bank. Really? It's, 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 it's. It, oh, wow, it's an amazing lifestyle. It is, and it's free. It, it's exactly. Free. It is very free, and it, that's the word we're trying to find. <laughs> it's free. Yes. Because now you're like, oh, I'm not. It's almost like the the whole thing is like, you know how there's that like that person, you know, and it's like maybe people listen to this, you know, it's like, you know, it's like that person, that friend of yours, is just like, you know, that dude knows mm-hmm. down deep that the the rules don't apply to him. Right. Right. And that's the way you feel. You're like all of a sudden, like all of these rules I've been told. Mm-hmm. Right? For a meal of the day, right? You got to have carbs. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't eat too much fat. Just, mm-hmm. You know, all these different things are, are like, okay, if that, <laughs> if that if that's not real, if that's not the rule, then what about everything else? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know. And so. So here's the thing, right? I told you I was a food and beverage director at a hospital. And so I'm sitting down talking to one of my dietitians. She's like a PhD dietitian. I've been doing this for like 35 years at the time. 
Right. And um, this is when I'm starting on the intermittent fasting thing. And so and I'm, and to my workout program at the time had migrated from the P90X to these very short 20-minute calisthenic workouts based off what uh, this book called Convict Conditioning. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. And, and I have that book. I have that book. Love, love. And so I, I'm a big push-up guy, still working on my progressions for pistol squats and things like that. Right. You know, and, and uh, uh, th- those things. But my son can do one-arm push-ups. I can't got there yet. My son's 16, and he can he can crank out like five on each side. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, dude. But <laughs> anyway, back back. So I'm doing this, and I'm like, so here I am. I'm getting up at 4:30 in the morning. I'm doing the convict conditioning, like these 20 minute workouts. I'm walking through the bus. I'm riding a 45 minute bus from Park City to Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. I'm walking a mile to get there. I have a stand up desk. Now stand up desk equals seven pounds of weight loss for me. Just okay. by changing that. And I asked Dion. I said, Dion, it's like, you know what? I work out in the morning. I have I have a cup of coffee. I have mm-hmm. a banana. I'm not ke- I'm not keto. I have a banana. Right. Right. Because I'm under eating. It's 100 calories, 25 grams of carbs. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I said I'm building muscle. I'm getting stronger. I'm losing weight. I'm doing all these things. But I'm not doing like this traditional like protein shake or having protein during the day or any of those things. So I'm like, I, this is not this is not computing because I'm so different from what I've been told. Right. And that was, she was eating lunch at the time, right? And she came back an hour later, and I wish I could find this. It's probably on PubMed somewhere. It's got to be on PubMed somewhere. With a study, there was this doctor that did a study about how people can, they can continue to grow muscle, right? Right. And they don't have to do these post-workout protein drinks or, or any meals or anything. Right. Just the fact that you did a workout. And the fact that at some point that day you're going to have some protein was enough. Was enough, right. <laughs> yes. It, and that was another one. It was like totally blew up this myth that I got to have a pre-workout meal and a pre, pre-workout shake and all these different things. And you know what it told me is this, okay? Right. Is that how I perform today is based off what I ate yesterday. Yesterday, yes. Yes. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So, and, and this, right? So I'm in the food and beverage industry, right? So I equated it to this, okay? Today I'm hungover because I drank too much yesterday. Right. Right. Okay? To, today I feel like crap because I ate like crap yesterday. Exactly. Okay? So the thing is I got into a place where I didn't want to break the freaking momentum. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. <laughs> The change on how I feel is how I feel when I wake up in the morning. And if I feel great today, I'm going to try to repeat what I did yesterday. Okay. That's right. Right? That's right. And that's, that's the feedback loop on this self-testing guinea pig N equals one thing. is like, how do you feel in the morning when you wake up? Yep. Right? <laughs> right? And, you know, and how do you perform during the day? And if you're able to repeat that again and you find a repeatable formula that fits who you are. Exactly. Right? Then you found something that works, and you keep doing what works, and keep. This is when Bruce Lee comes in, okay? Mm -hmm. Bruce Lee, huge martial arts guy, right? Yep. So absorb everything, keep what is useful, discard what is not, and uniquely add what is your own. That's true. (laughs) Oh man, uh, uh, Scott. Scott, we we yeah. we got we got <laughs> we got we we got to cut the interview 
short. Uh, not short. We got to cut the interview because we're getting ready to go over the time. Actually, we've gone over the time. I, all right. <laughs> this this conversation, all right, and I know for everybody listening in, all right, I know they're, they're probably going to be like, wow, you know what I mean? I by far enjoyed this conversation. This right here was, and and I knew this was going to take place as soon as I saw your bio. All right, um, please. First of all, see, I'm I'm almost I'm almost not in host mode right now. I'm almost sitting down in in front of you with the couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well, we're having that couple. We're having that that black cup of coffee. Fast that's right. I know we, I know you want to cut it, but I had mentioned it about what I think macronutrients are. Right, right. right. You just give, I just I'd love to just be able to tell you what that is. Okay. But, that's okay. Well listen, this is what we're gonna do. This is okay. what we're gonna do. Because I wanna I want you to uh share your your uh social media information. I okay. want you to also share where people can contact you. But the other thing of it is, is I want you to come back on the show. So this okay. is what we're going to do. All right. That'll be our topic for next time you're on the show. All right. Because you're coming back. <laughs> you can't be. <laughs> you're coming back. All right. If I have to, if I have to fly all the way over there and sit in front of you, we're going to have the rest of this conversation. So please share your information where people can contact you. All right, uh, uh, your email, social media, please share it all. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm really on one place on social media is all I am right now. I'm on Instagram, mm-hmm. and it's at Straight Cabbage. So it's S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T-C-A-B-B-A-G-E. My name is Scott Stanfield. Um, and my email address is straightcabbage at gmail.com. So, um I think you're on LinkedIn too, at. right? You're on LinkedIn too, right? I, I'm on LinkedIn, yeah. LinkedIn, Scott R. Stanfield, middle initial R. Um, and so that's that's where I'm at as well. I um, that's more like my professional side of things, like okay. um, you know, where like in terms of like what I'm putting out about, like um, you know, what I leadership, restaurant leadership, you know, things like that. Okay. So Scott, this is what we're gonna do for everybody listening. We're gonna bring Scott back. All right. This is this is a guarantee. Right. <laughs> so all right. But, you know, for the time's sake that we have, I, I have to cut the interview. But it has been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure to talk to you, man. I, I listen, I knew it was gonna be this way too. The soon like I said, as soon as I read your bio, I was like, see, this is gonna be a good one. See <laughs> So thank you for coming, man. I appreciate you. All right, and I'm, we're going to talk uh, as to when we can get you back here. Sounds amazing. Um, I can't wait to do it. And like I said, I, I can't thank you enough for having me on today. You're listening to the Della Fit Podcast. Della Fit Podcast, 360 degrees of holistic fitness and health, all in one podcast. So I just want to say to everybody, I had a great time talking to Scott. It's always awesome when you have a kindred spirit, somebody that you can communicate with and share like-minded ideals uh, about pushing the envelopes of what your body is capable of doing. With that being said, I also want to preface and make a specific note to anybody listening, whether you are a fully grown man or a woman or you are an adolescent 
I would say to you, talk to your physician before you attempt any of the things that we have discussed today. I would also say uh, do research, do a tremendous amount of research. Research, research, research is your friend. Google, talk to people, talk to professionals, talk to holistic doctors, holistic counselors, talk to PhDs, talk to people. Uh, Scott and I, uh, I know, or I'll say this, I know myself, I do a tremendous amount of research when it comes to physical health, physical training, and uh, a lot of things. I didn't just jump into intermittent fasting. I didn't just jump into my how my training style is now. I didn't just jump into anything. Everything comes with time and a lot of research, a lot of reading, a lot of um, <laughs> reassessing what is for your body and what is not for your body. Uh, so, and, that, and the same thing I could say directly, as you heard during this podcast, you know, Scott talked about where he used to be, how he used to, uh, he was borderline vegan and all the things. Different things work for different individuals. We are individuals. That's the key word. We are individuals. I think I pronounced that incorrectly, but you all get the point. All right. So I am prefacing this for anybody listening. Do the research. Research, 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 research. Talk to the professionals. Talk to people that can give you the information, the facts. And question. Question, 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 question. Send us emails if you have questions. You can send it at... um, I always do this, guys. Don't laugh at me. (laughs) You can send it to DeLaFit13 at gmail.com. Also... You can contact us on our website, which is www.delafitpodcast.com. Uh, right in the contact section, send us uh, information. We are on Instagram at day underscore la underscore fit podcast. We are also on Facebook at De La Fit Podcast. Uh, and to go back to what I was saying, yes, this was an amazing, an amazing podcast. I truly enjoyed it. I do want to apologize to Scott um, because this episode was supposed to come out yesterday. For all of you listening to this, we pre-record our episodes. Um, it was supposed to come out yesterday on Friday, February the 1st. We had some technical audio issues uh, dealing with Google and our drive. And... Um, you know, just, Hey, look, we had to work through it. And sometimes, you know, technology can be such a help and sometimes it can be a major hindrance, but we got through it. And, um, I, I wanted to just send that out to Scott, uh, and apologize to him because he's such a great guy and, um, he's, he's a busy individual as well. So I wanted to make sure that, um, you know, definitely he hears this and, and everybody to listening, you know, it was great. And we're going to have him back on. Uh, there's going to be a bonus episode of this, so it's going to be great. But like I said, amazing show, feeling great, feeling energetic. Uh, and I hope you all will tune in and join us again here at the Day Life Fit Podcast. Remember, Fitness is not just what you do in the gym. It's not just what you eat. It is 300 to 360 degrees of holistic fitness and health. It is everything that you do in your life. It's how you live. It's how you love. It's how you grow. 
It's what you're reading. It's what you're not reading. It's what you're drinking. It's what you're not drinking. It's how you're breathing. It's how you're not breathing. It's how you're making love. And it's how you're understanding and interpreting love. It's how you're lifting that weight. And how you're controlling that weight. Are you muscling it up or are you moving the weight? It's the muscle, like my mentor used to tell me, are you moving the weight or is the weight moving you? Well, that is what holistic excuse me 360 degrees of holistic fitness and health is all about are you moving the weight or is the weight of life moving you people thank you for tuning in to the daylight fit podcast i hope you will all tune in again we love you as we always say we are the digital family and the reason we say that because each one teach one and it takes a village we are all somebody's child which makes us all brothers and sisters. Seriously, it takes a village. I hope everybody will have a happy, healthy, safe weekend. Peace. You've been listening to the Delafit Podcast. Tata for now.